Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And it's week one in 2022, the 2022 season. I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. With me, as always, is Pete Paguaga. We are on our, what, fourth, third or fourth season of this, notwithstanding the COVID, but welcome back. It's finally football season, and uh, what a job Pete has done. And with Mike Forbile on the all the previews we had up on Game Time CT, they were bulldogs. Pete, what's happening? Welcome back. Um, what's up? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've been locked in my office for the past month trying to get all those previews done uh, <clears throat> with Mike and, and you. But uh, the season's here. Previews are done. Um, we're just ready to get back out onto the field. Uh, personally, just ready to. You know, look, it's too hot outside. Give me the fall. I want to wear jeans. I want to wear cool long sleeve shirts. I have a lot of cool long sleeve shirts and hoodies I don't get to wear right now. So give me football season back on the sideline Thursday, Fridays, Saturdays. Let's roll. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm ready to. I'm sick of this. You know, it's been a really it hasn't been a particularly hot summer, but it's definitely been dry, bone dry. Um, you know, I had a uh, I had a nice vacation, though. I went out to London while you and Mike were slaving on previews. In fact, I had to read a lot of your guys stuff uh, just to catch up. You know, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, the, the boss has got to take a break a little bit and let the let the minions run around and get the <laughs> job done. No, but not at all. Seriously, everyone should check out. They did the majority of the work. Mike, uh, Forna, Bio and Pete, they crush it. Pete had top quarterbacks and. Uh, we did, uh, you know, big games. We did the we broke down the playoff divisions, which uh, if you haven't been uh, if you've been living under a rock, there are now six of them uh, this year among the many changes. But that is the biggest one. There are a bunch of teams that changed hands and leagues and everything. But let's be honest, there are no leagues anymore. You have the alliance kind of running the schedules and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, they've added the CTC into the the mix this year a little bit. That was a big, uh, big problem last year. But. You know, Pete, uh, um, that's all well and good. Six champions. We both hate it. Not we. You can read all about that. I game time ZD. There are a myriad of reasons. But, you know, we we did in, during our surveys. We talked to as many coaches who would uh, we, we, we could hear from. And we talked to them and, and got a, a sense of what they uh, thought, you know, because the coaches are the guys. They're the ones in the, on the trenches. They were the ones the CIAC touted to say, like, well, all the coaches wanted this. So therefore, we would do it. You know, I've been told and maybe you can elaborate. It was a little bit more. There was that was a little simplistic um, version of events. But what did you get back from the coaches? What did you see in the surveys, Pete? Do oh. they like this six playoff system? Uh, so we had 115 coaches respond to our previews. Uh, obviously, we spoke to other coaches in person and on the phone. Uh, Cause there's more than 115 teams, but of the 115 that responded 77% in a straight yes or no said that they uh, are in favor of the new system. Oh, well, there you go. That's it. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for, for an organization that might be enough. Uh, but us, we ask, you know, why, what's your reasoning, this and this. And a lot of the coaches responded and basically said, this is the best for what we can do now. Right. Coaches want expanded playoffs. Uh, I don't think from the responses that I see, I don't think they wanted six classes or they didn't want six classes this way. They wanted four classes, a tech conference, a tech class and a co-op class, or they wanted, 
Yeah, or they wanted four divisions, more than eight teams in the divisions, but that can't be done until or if we ever get rid of Thanksgiving football. So they are definitely in favor of expanding the amount of teams in the playoffs. But I would I would argue that the majority of them that voted yes on our survey would rather it be four classes with more teams or six classes with a tech division and a co-op division, not this way. This didn't solve anything. This did get more teams in the playoffs, but it didn't fix the problems. We're just putting band-aids on it. It's like my dad trying to fix, you know, the garbage pail at my parents' house. He just puts duct tape on it. Like it rolls out. Oh, it doesn't work. He just duct tapes it. And then two weeks later, it comes off again. Yeah. I mean, that's really what this is. And yeah. and it's a shame because you and I, you have talked length, at length about it, but I think we both agree the whole system that the football operates through with enrollment needs to be thrown out. We've yeah. seen it in other sports. Hockey does a division model, right? They take the best teams, the best programs. And, you know, we want people have been pushing for that for lacrosse too. They had it in lacrosse. They used to. Um, they did, yeah. So I think that's the way that, in some form, not the exact model that hockey runs through, there's a lot less teams. But D1 teams play D1 teams. Yeah. And D2s play some D1s. Some D1s play some D2s. Yeah. But the D1s and the D3s don't play. And that doesn't happen in football in terms of double L's and L's. Uh, double L's and S's. Right. So, I, you know, that's where I think the big crux of the problem is. A hundred percent, you know, just scheduling does. I've said this a billion times last year. Scheduling does not line up with how the state runs its playoffs that the leagues do one thing. The state does another thing. Um, And then they try to fit a square peg in a round hole with this cockamamie playoff point system, which gets more and more convoluted every year. Uh, Well, there's only been one actual major setup, but that's because the alliance was trying to match up great games, but the byproduct of the alliance, and it has many byproducts. You have great games, but then you have a lot of bad games or a lot of matchups nobody cares about. And the problem with there is that bad teams will get wins and muck up the playoff system, whereas good teams who had to play all these great teams, Newtown, Shelton being a couple examples, they uh, don't get in. And the other thing is that uh, the leagues are all over the place. They're doing, like you said, they're doing Division One, Division Two, NVL just changed they have all the great teams in one division and then you have like crosby in the lower division a double l school they win enough games there man they're in the double l playoffs especially now it's a lot easier so uh the schedules don't mash uh that needs to be fixed I, they need to go one way or the other this this frankenstein thing it doesn't work the other thing i don't like because now we got the six divisions now we got six divisions thanksgiving's either i gotta stay or gotta go but i don't think six divisions is not a way to go either you go thanksgiving four or but, but but we're stuck here. We're stuck with six. And the problem with six, just like it was uh, 10 years ago, last time we did this, is that you get six very uneven. The more and more you slice it, the worse it gets. And then you have like all strong teams in L this year. Darian, Maloney, two state champions, a bunch of playoff teams in L. Double L is Fairfield Prep is the highest seed from last year. And then the second seed would have been Hamden which played an SEC Division II schedule and uh, got in at eight and two. But now they would have been the second seed last uh, you know, last year if this has been in place. It's not ideal at all. 
I get the coaches saying like it provides a lot of kids opportunities and, but we have to draw a line somewhere with the opportunities thing. That's my big thing. Like what is everybody getting in? Like, it's going to be like the, the, the CIC is turned into to wrap this up. The CIC is turned into a state playoff. The, the whole high school f- sports is turned into state playoffs or busts. You're not worthy if you're not in the playoffs. And that's all we care about now. The regular season since I started this 20 years ago, can't believe it, is that the regular seasons now don't matter. And that's been my fear. And I got all these coaches telling me that, well, what do you mean the regular season won't matter? Well, you know, guys, we're going to, I hate to say it. First of all, you're going to have a bunch of six and four teams get in. And then you're also going to see a few teams get in that might, you know, could be even 500. Um, and the ones that are great, Darian, let's say, they're going to be qualified in mid-October. We're not going to know because it's so convoluted, the playoff system. So big issues with that. However, we have to kind of look at it, take a step back. Remember, it's football. It's a lot of fun. I, even I would forget about it a little bit when I was out there. And it is fun. You kind of have to look at it as bowl games, right? Now they're bowl games. They're not like, you know, because now they're league size divisions. They're not really state champions. 23 teams, 24 teams each. The CCC is larger than that. The SEC is right around there. They, you know, so uh, it's it's going to be a, a interesting to see how the number one team comes out of this because now we got to vote for it again because it might not line up. The good news is Al Carbone's alliance does provide some matchups and then there are also some within the league. So the top 10 drop, Pete, uh, just yesterday, This we recorded this on a Wednesday, just went and let's just run it down real quick. Your number one team this year is not Darien, last year's number one, but Greenwich. Greenwich Cardinals, you have Jack Wilson, the quarterback, and a bunch of starters back. Uh, and uh, the Cardinals are, are getting the nod from the very tentative voting populace. But, uh, you know, it seems like that's one they're pretty comfortable with. Yeah, <clears throat> I you know, I, I voted Greenwich number one. Um <laughs> For a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, returners, I'm a big fan of returning players, um, though I, I think when we get towards the end of the year and see kind of how the schedule develops, I have a pretty good idea that the number one team is going to come out of Class L. Uh, but right now, I voted Greenwich. You're going to have a chance to play some of those big, tough L schools in the regular season, so we'll see how they do. Number two is Darianne, the blue wave. You know, basically lost everybody from last year, and uh, uh, but you know, it's a program, right? It's a program that started by Rob Jafron really brought it to great heights. You know, last year there was a fourth time in six years that they were number one. That's also including, I believe, a COVID year, maybe. I don't remember. But uh, but Darian, uh, I saw them against Fairfield Prep in the preseason. Defensively, it looks like a Vancheck and the guys are still there. I mean, they were swarming. Uh, offensively, got some new guys. It looks like they, they're going to have to, you know, uh, figure things out there but the good news is Darian and Greenwich do play in just a few weeks so if there's some they're not in the same division anymore Darian is now an L Greenwich won't have to worry about them outside of the FCAC but the good news is they do play so something there down the road I don't know what your thoughts Darian I, I think like you said they're a program they um the foundation is set the guys were waiting for their opportunity um I think at this point we could safely assume that they're going to be good um, because of the success that they've had in the past. But Miles Drake, Ty Kaminsky, they're not walking through that door. So these guys need to go out and prove it. Yeah. This is finally, I think, Mike Forge's team now. Now he's been there two years. He had one coaching year, won a state champion. 
Now, you know, what's the, you know, can he continue to keep this program going uh, like everybody expects him to? Number three is Fairfield Prep. We just talked about last year's runner up. Again, another team lost a lot of guys, you know, three register all staters, uh, first teamers, which is ridiculous. Uh, you know, Tymaine Smith and O'Connell, uh, you know, that was a group that was great. You know, a few guys back, but, you know, interesting. They had, they had their struggles against Darian in that scrimmage. Uh, but uh, Fairfield Prep starting off with a game against uh, a Jesuit school from Florida, Beelan Prep out of Miami. So that'll be interesting in week one. So they're Fairfield Prep. Anything, any thoughts on them, Pete? Again, Prep, Keith Helsern has done an amazing job building that program. I mean, you walk, you watch them walk onto the field. There's like 140 people. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got bodies, uh, kids who were waiting their turn, but replacing three All-Staters, on a really good defense. I mean, they averaged, they were allowing less than 10 points a game last year, heading into uh, the state finals. I mean, they were dominant. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they continue the success that they, that they had last year. You know, it was really interesting as we get to number four, new Canaan, which was very good defensively last year, coming off a canceled season. Um, as we all know, it was like, you know, defenses seem to be okay. Offenses across the state really struggled. Uh, I mean, it really depended, but really struggled last year. There was, I mean, I, you know, Greenwich Fairfield Prep comes to mind. You know, Slug Shelton. I mean, yeah, there were some, there were some big ones, but Shelton had trouble scoring a lot last year. Uh, New Canaan, you know, we haven't seen New Canaan really score a lot since Drew Pine graduated a few years ago. So, you know, now coming off, now we have a year under our belts. We're getting out of COVID. I think this year, finally, even Tom Brockett said to me at the beginning of the season, he said, you know, now we feel like, you know, I feel like my team is back. You know, because last year I walked out of preseason, like, we stink. You know, and you stink. He turned to Tony Sagnell, you stink, too. And Tony's like, yeah, we all do. So that was, it'll be interesting to see. So speaking of uh, New Canaan, and they, they were great defensively last year. They got Ty Groff now at quarterback to try and lead that offense back because you know that's what they're known for. But Groff is kind of injured to start the season here, and they have a few others. So that'll be really interesting to see where New Canaan uh, ends up down the road. But, uh, you know, they got uh, they got a tough one versus Xavier week one. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's going to be an interesting matchup because I think we all like when Xavier's good. It makes high school football more fun in the state when Xavier is good. So I think this is a really nice early season test for the Falcons and the Rams. Yeah. Who are not going to have Groff. So, or they're not going to have Groff at quarterback. I don't know if he's kicking or not. Yeah, he was, he, he was all state kicker for us. So, yeah. so maybe it'll be three, nothing. <laughs> it'll be good to pitch. Uh, that's number four, New Cannon. Now we're interesting to see where they end up. Number five, Windsor, you know, New Cannon, just quickly on New Cannon. They have a lot. They've not, Missed the state playoff since 2003, right? I believe or 2006. Sorry. 04? 04. That was my first year covering for the for a daily newspaper, my first year covering football. That was Curtis Casale's. I believe that was his sophomore year. Yeah, now he's in a playoff hunt with the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, then they went on to win a bunch of titles in a row, and that was that. So anyway, um, number five, Windsor, another team that's perennially always there. Big news in the offseason. They lost Elijah Cromartie, their quarterback, their junior quarterback, now senior. He transferred to Brunswick down at Greenwich, all the way down there. And now they're going to start a freshman. So, I mean, everyone kind of looked at Windsor and went, well, all right, we'll put him in number five. But I guess that makes sense because Windsor, well, Fleet does such a – talk about amazing job. Fleet does an amazing job, and they always have players. Yep. 
They always got dudes. They always, always, always have dudes. I think they'll be in the mix. I didn't have them this high, uh, but I did vote for them in my poll. Just not that high. Yeah, they're in double M this year, which is going to lead us into our next team. Double M uh, alongside Massac, you know, a few other teams. We'll get to the divisions in a little bit, but their top contender now is number 16, Killingly, your reigning class M champ, bumped up from double S this year. They would have been double S. But because of the success modifier, which is just complete and utter failure to me, it shouldn't be in place anyway. But St. Joseph and Killingly, the only two teams that have ever been affected by it. Uh, Killingly bumps up to double M. They're in there with Windsor and Massick. And, uh, but Soren Reef, the line looks amazing. Uh, one of the coaches at a scrimmage I went to said their line could be even better this year. And they also have a few other surprises. I think uh, it's a good spot. I think Killingly is very good. What a program they've been able to build there. Yeah, they have so many returners back from a team that was, you know, went undefeated last year, went 12 and 0, won a state title, you know, great in the championship game against Rockville. Soren Reef, I think, you know, we we had known about him. Jack Sharp was the guy last year. You know, we knew about Soren Reef. He played really well, but he had two big runs in the championship game that was like, here, this is his coming out party. This is his yeah. statewide coming out party he is a guy that you have to keep an eye on this year and we get two more years to watch him play it's pretty special number seven you know the reigning class l champ maloney now uh i know they have boganski back but a lot of guys aren't a lot of guys a lot of guys are gone from the spartans team and uh you know quarterbacks wide receivers they're you know ball hawking secondary has all graduated but kevin does a really good job up there. I believe they made the playoffs in 2018, 2019, and 2021. Maybe yeah, 2017, too. He, he's made the playoffs, I think, four seasons in a row. He's really built something pretty special uh, at Maloney. So I don't expect them to take a step back. Um, you know, that doesn't... I don't know whether they make the playoffs or not. L is very hard. But I don't think we're going to see them drop off to, like, a not contending team because of the graduation. I think Kevin is building a program there. He's building a program that's going to compete every year. Number eight is our boys from Shelton who are perennially always there. Always a good defense last year. You know, the, they've been trying to do the two quarterback system the last few years. Uh, but now, you know, Mike DeFleece has got his own, you know, it's his team. Now um, they, I saw him against Ansonia. They didn't, they kind of got obliterated a little bit. They kind of got run over by Ansonia, which is a far cry from last year. We'll get to Ansoni in a second, but Shelton, uh, even despite that, they were moving the ball well. A few mistakes, pickoffs, and some end zones, but I feel like Shelton's poised for another breakout here. I mean, they have, yeah, I can't, I can't really tell you about too many of the guys they have. I do know they have a Tinney on the team, and that would be the son of Kenny Tinney, the former Ansonia great, but I did not get to see uh, uh, Mr. Tinney uh, because he was out, I apparently out watching the, uh, out in, uh, 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 what's it called, watching the, uh, Ohio State Notre Dame game. So good for him. He got tickets for that. But, uh, you know, I expect uh, Shelton to be right in the mix there. What do you know about the Gales? Shelton's offense looked a lot better uh, against Hamden. They were moving the ball through the air. We knew they could run the ball. They ran the ball really well last year. Absolutely dominated Greenwich. Dominated the line of scrimmage in a 35-14 win. But then the next week they played Trumbull and they lost 41-7. So, you know, they have to be able to move the ball through the air. Um you know, to to help that team get better, right? The defense is always good. They could always run the ball. Now they need to pass the ball. And it looks like they have a guy who can throw 
the ball. He started last year as a sophomore. Now he's going to be a junior this year. So I think the Gales are a team in the SEC that and double L that we're going to really have to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, who makes their schedule is what I want to know. They start with Ridgefield, then Hand, then they go to Windsor, and then they got to play North Haven also on the road, and then their pals at NFA come to town, then West Haven, then Fairfield. They're in SEC Tier 1, which is great, but somebody <laughs> Shelton's one of those teams that's just like, well, you're, you're Shelton, so we're just going to give you every good team we can imagine. And yeah. I'm sure that Mike DeFelice loves that. Yeah. Uh, so, which is, again, that's a that's a whole nother issue. Um, coming in at number nine is a team we haven't really seen much. They got a little love last year. And then, you know, especially when they beat up on Shelton. Um, and the word is out there, Pete, that uh, Marcy Petrosio, who hasn't won a state championship since 2005, which is just mind numbing. It's not that he hasn't had his chances, but that's just crazy. Uh, but the other that's out there is Trumbull, you know, where they had some, they lost our, their, our guy, Corbin Smith, a first teamer. And, uh, but there are plenty of guys back there for the, uh, for the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, we talked about offensive struggling last year, passing game struggling last year. That wasn't the case in Trumbull. Uh, Hunter Agosti threw for like 27, 2,800 yards. Um, you know, he had great weapons, but he still has a really good weapon in Ben Carley. And Ben Carley at the tight end position adds an X factor to an offense that many teams in the state don't have that ability. Yeah, they'll have their wideouts, but to have a tight end who's quick enough to beat linebackers, big enough to beat up on DBs, um, it's going to do wonders for them. And this is a team that was seven and three. They yeah. three losses. You know, they they lost to St. Joe's on Thanksgiving. They lost to Greenwich. Um, you know, you could go back, and I'm sure Mars kicks himself about the Staples game. Uh, in week one, where they lost on a pick six at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Where if they win that game, they're eight they're in the playoffs. and they're going to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, even with losses to Greenwich and St. Joe's, they're in the playoffs. So I'm very intrigued by Trumbull. I had them a lot higher than nine in my poll. Yeah. Um, Morris is one of the best coaches in the state. He's got people think this is the best team he's had at Trumbull. So I'm excited to see what the Eagles are going to do. Yeah, uh, just quickly on that, the Trumbull, you know, apparently, according to Mike Formal, they got a lot of top five votes, but then a lot of voters left them off their ballots entirely. So kind of mixed signals there on Trumbull. Uh, we'll get to figure them out very shortly. They got a big one to start the season against a playoff hopeful Nassik. That's, you know, right, border rivals, a rare game we don't get to see much often, but you know, Steve Christie's team and Massey did a pretty good job last year getting into the playoffs, getting into the semifinals, and uh, Trumbull sitting there, you know, out of the playoffs, really make looking to make that next move. And number ten, just quickly on on uh, to wrap things up is Southington. Mike Drury's team always in the mix, should always get a little respect there. Uh, and I think that that's what voters did here with uh, with Southington. But they have some guys to replace too as well, and a lot of competition this year, Pete, in the CCC Division One, which added Maloney and Newington among some of the teams. Uh, well, no, Maloney wasn't tier one last year. Well, they added, they added, tier they one. added, they added Newington to tier one. Okay. Maloney was yeah. tier one last yeah. year. Okay. Yeah. Which Kevin was like, I don't know about, but obviously yeah. it benefited it them. When they, got they lost the Southern in week one and then didn't lose again. And then it'll lose the rest of the way. So you definitely see the, you saw that pay off. Uh, but Newington is the team and we'll talk about them a little bit more that I'm very intrigued by. Yeah. No, certainly. Uh, there are a few conspicuously absent teams. Aunt Sonia being one of them. Uh, I, you know, I, I really like the charges here. They look great. They look the part. 
They have some great players uh, with the Cassetti, the mayor's son, and Zubina at the uh, end, and his brother, Chris Kaminsky, at quarterback, and they got a great, or potentially great line, even though we're replacing it all. Uh, another team that kind of fell off the map a little bit was St. Joseph, which, you know, lost a lot of guys and, uh, you know, is kind of struggling there in the aftermath of what happened with uh, the uh, just horrific tragedy over the spring with uh, James McGrath from Fairfield Prep getting murdered during a, a party or, or, you know, and then they just the St. Joseph just completely reeling from that and Fairfield Prep reeling from that. Our hearts go out to the family there. And, you know, I don't know, it's just a, just a tough situation all, all around. And it's just going to be kind of hanging over everybody a little bit there. But uh, we hope to see St. Joseph back pretty soon. Um, other teams that uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, that kind of are missing. You, we mentioned uh, Newington, Pete. Yeah, Newington, a lot of people, a lot of people are talking Newington. A lot of people are pumping up Jason Pace's team. And for, you know, right reasons. They have a quarterback back and Patty Brown, who threw for 30 touchdowns last year. Um, you know, they had Austin Howe, who's a first-team All-Stater for us. Uh, he did basically a lot. He was catching passes, running the ball out of the backfield, Mr. Two-point conversion, played great defense in the in the secondary. And for a lot of reasons, we talked about Austin Howe. But people kind of forget that Josiah Ross actually led the team in, in most of the receiving categories last year as Patty Brown's like number one target. And he's back, and he is a phenomenal athlete. He's a phenomenal football player. He's a phenomenal baseball player as well. And I'm looking at big things from Ross and Brown this year out of Newington for the Nor'easters. Yeah, I saw them scrimmage Amity, and Ross was electric. He had two touchdown catches from uh, Brown and, uh, and, on, and away they went. You know, Amity was able to make that a little bit of a game later, but uh, he certainly looked apart early. Um, so that's the top 10, you know, a bunch of other teams that are uh, kind of circling. We'll get to a lot of them now as we kind of take a look at the, these classes, Pete, and try to make a little few, some few preseason picks so we can wrap this thing up, get out there and get ready. So uh, week one right now actually has got 11 games to start the season, which is just, I've never heard of it. It would have been 12, but Amity Bruno facing his old his old school and his alma mater and the team he took to two state championships, Benell. Um, that's coming to town. The 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 Bulldogs are coming down the but they it was originally gonna be a Thursday. It looked like a marquee game, but Amity had to move it because of back to school night and they didn't want to conflict with the parents uh driving all the way in there. So unfortunately, but that's still we got eleven games on Friday night, and then everybody we had the big alliance schedule on uh on Friday night and only Darian, really Darian St. Joseph on Saturday. But uh, so a, a, a packed week one. So let's just quickly look at these these divisions, Pete. So, I mean, I kind of broke it down. I wrote a big thing on Game Time CT, kind of explain which ones were strong and which ones were not. I kind of broke it down into three different types. You have L, double L, because they were kind of together, M, double M, and then S, double S. And one was the A team and one was the B team. You know, there was like, so like double L this year, for example, had Darian, it had Shelton, it had Newtown, it had a great, but now those teams have all dropped into L and what's left in, in uh, double L it's Fairfield prep, which would have been the number one seed. And then it falls right off yet Hamden, which was eight and two, you know, Trumbull would have made it. Norwalk would have made it and those guys. But my argument there is like, guys, you lost to enough teams in the regular season. You didn't belong there. Darian belonged over you. And so did new Canaan. So, that's my argument against that. But now they get in now. Now you get three or four more mulligans. Double L, you look at it. What do you think, Pete? <clears throat> it's got to be Greenwich just to lose. Uh, I mean, they are the number one team voted on. They got 17 first place votes in the poll. 
they are the they're the heavy favorite in double L. Um, you know, I think there are some teams in there that could make some noise, but I really do think this is Granite's to lose. I, I'm sorry, Anthony, if you're listening to this, you don't need added pressure from me. But <laughs> um they it's just you look at it and you and you see teams, right? Trumbull's gonna be competitive, Staples, West Haven, uh, Southington, Ridgefield, you know, Hamden's probably gonna get in. Um you know, you just look at it and you go, okay, this has got to be, this is Greenwich. This has got to be Greenwich. It had, it has 10 FCAC teams, six CCC teams, four SEC teams, two NVL teams, and one ECC team. So the FCAC kind of dominates the proceedings here. Playoff teams that were in it last year, Fairfield Prep, Greenwich, Southington, and Hamden. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens uh, there. But like you said, I think Greenwich, Fairfield Prep, I mean, I think Hamden gets into, they're still playing an SEC Division II schedule. Um, you know, and obviously something should be in there, but it's going to be a lot easier for a lot of these teams to get in. I don't know. Do you have a, do you have a winner here? Greenwich? Yeah, I think Gre- Greenwich is definitely my winner. My, my preseason pick. Yeah, I'll have to go. I'm going to go agree with you and go with Greenwich. Although, you know, we've seen stranger things. Now we move to the eight team of the L's, uh, the class L division. You have eight playoff participants from last year, including Bristol central, which is probably down now that Victor Rose is uh, playing and doing well at UConn. Darian, the class double L champion. Hall, which was 9-1, probably takes a step back. Maloney, 9-1, the year reigning class L champion, maybe takes a step back. We'll see. Then there, there, the team everyone's a lot talking about is Naugatuck, 9-1, beat Ansonia last year. And now they got to kind of, they got to take another, get another white whale or stab another white whale or get another monkey off their back, so to speak. Pete, what, uh, what's Naugatuck chasing here? Should they get in, as everyone expects them to? A playoff win. Since yeah. since the CIAC expanded the playoff system in uh, 1994 to include more than two teams in each division, Naugatuck has been to the playoffs six times, and they've lost in their first try every single time. They're 0-6 in playoff games since the expansion. Yeah. Some would argue that playing the NBL doesn't exactly get them ready, you know, other than, they, you know, last year they kind of, they didn't. They they didn't go nine. They didn't go nine and zero. If you're, everyone forgets, they did lose to I believe Torrington. Torrington early in the year, which was a playoff team. But uh, everyone loved Nogza, Dietelbaum, and then Jet Hall, the junior. Um, you know, they should be a, a team to watch. And in fact, there are some people who think that they're still the best team in the NBL this year. We'll see. New Canaan is also in this division. They were nine and one last year, surprisingly so. Shelton, they were eight and two, and then uh, St. Joseph still here. Uh, it's just, it's the best division and probably let's say Darian comes out of this and wins, which, you know, I have a hard time seeing anybody else. Uh, the number one team, Pete, I said this back in July, it looks like the number one team comes out of this. Yeah, I think so. I mean, unless Greenwich runs the table, including, you know, big wins. Uh, I believe they played Darian during the regular season. Uh, that will do wonders. But I think the hardest championship to win right now is going to be L. I think the road to the finals, the road to, you know, winning that plaque at the end of the year um, is going to be the it's, it's the toughest road. Yeah. Conspicuously absent now is Hand, Windsor, Massick with UCL. They have all dropped. Um, so speaking of which, we go to, I mean, did you pick a winner there? What do you, what do you have? Darian. 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 Uh, Going I, out on a limb there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, again, like I said, I, I think there might be a few surprises here, you know, but uh, I'm going to I can't not back the blue wave again. If it, they're going to be number one, they're going to have to be Greenwich. There's their shot right there. They have it all laid out for them. 
and then obviously the great the great schedule they always play. So moving on, we go to a very we go to the M's. The starting off with class double M, a very interesting one. You have four playoff participants from last year, including Cheney Tech, Massick, and Windsor, and of course your M champion, Killingly. In this one, you have six CTCs. This is kind of like the the co-op CTC division. Five CCCs, four SECs, four SWCs. It's a good balance. One FCAC. This is where the FCAC kind of drops off. But, uh, you know, you have two big-time names there, uh, and Windsor and Massick that were up in L, and then you have a small school big name in there. And where, where does where do you see Class M stacking up? Class Double M is very intriguing. Um, obviously, we mentioned Killingly. They're back. They have a lot of dudes. Windsor is Windsor, and Fleet does a great job there. Uh, but then you start looking around, right? North Haven, yeah, very intriguing. If they, if North Haven could get in, and they have a hard schedule playing the SEC Tier One, right? Shelton, they go to Simsbury, uh, they host Simsbury Week One, who's a big school. Notre Dame, West Haven, Xavier, Cheshire, Hand Prep. I mean, wow. But if North Haven could get in, even if they get in at six and four, I think they're a team that could really do some damage. I had one coach tell me this off season that the best team in class M last year was North Haven and they didn't even get in. Yeah. Um, so if they could get in, I think they could do some serious damage. Wilton is also a team like that, but they play such a tough oh, yeah. schedule in the FCAC. And then there's two other teams that I- I'm intrigued by Platt. I heard Platt is very good this year. Uh, I got to see them in the scrimmage, but I've heard from multiple coaches that this is one of Jason's better teams. And, uh, Here's a team that, you know, I'm going to throw in there who I think could really make the playoffs. I don't think win, but SMSA, I was so impressed by them at a scrimmage. I saw them. They're very athletic. They're quick. They're fast. Um, you know, they went to the playoffs, I think, two years in a row, three years in a row uh, before the COVID year. So, you know, Kevin Quinn does such a great job up there. I think SMA is going to be in the mix for a playoff spot. Uh, I just I don't know if they can compete against the Killingleys and the Windsors and and the Platts and and them you know when they get to the playoffs. But they're an interesting team to watch. A couple of teams to watch here. Now Fitch obviously kind of got hosed last year. They were eight and two, and you know Cheney Tech gets in over them, and Cheney Tech you know was quickly shown the door sixty two to nothing or whatever it was by Win- by Windsor. That's a whole other issue. We'll get into that as the season goes along. Uh, about the prep. When I looked at this division, I always think, you know, this is a good spot to start think, thinking about a tech slash co-op division. You know, if you're a small school, you need to co-op. I think this would be a great spot to do a co-op division. You know, now you have five. I would say, I would even argue, get rid of the five. You have five divisions and have a tech co-op. I think I like that idea. Speaking of tech co-ops though, you know, I didn't, when I wrote my column on this, Thames River did not have a massive, massive influx of talent to their roster. Pete, what's the situation with Thames River? So Ryan Outlow, the, you know, running back from Ledyard who exploded onto the scene last year. Uh, if you know the name, it's yes. It Marcus was uh, Marcus is his older brother. Marcus uh, played in NFA. Yeah. RFA, NFA. Boston college, uh, coastal Carolina. Yep. Um, you know, he transferred to St. Bernard's and St. Bernard's is in the co-op with, um, Grasso Tech, Norwich Tech to form Thames River. Uh, he's partnering up with Seth Cunningham, who is the new London Day Player of the Year yeah. last year for Thames River. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see, I can't see some, I don't see any 
way that Thames River loses a tech game this year with the two of them. No, they certainly are going to be in the playoffs. I don't see anybody in the CTC. You know, Marcus is now coaching there at uh, at Thames River too, which kind of greased the wheels there. Obviously, they all they're all brothers, but uh, uh, that's going to be fascinating to see because we all you know it, it, the CTC does not do well in the state playoffs. Period. End of story. Maybe this time they can break the mold with Thames River. They certainly have you know the the student body of St. Bernard there and Norwich Tech, and you know they have as good a shot as any. And uh, who do you like out of that double MP? I like North Haven. I really? do. I think they'll win enough to get in. Um, and if they don't get in, I still think they're probably the best team in that division. But, I mean, if I'm going to pick a team that I'm confident is going to get into the playoffs, then I'm going to pick Windsor. Uh, you know, yeah. I think Windsor can definitely get in, and then I think they can make a run. Freshman um, quarterback, Pete. Freshman quarterback. Yeah. He won't be a freshman by the time the season ends. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like a – It'll be like a, a pseudo sophomore, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they have guys back from the, from the team that went to the finals last year. And uh, I think with their schedule, they can easily, you can easily pencil them in a, into a playoff spot. You know, before this, before we learned about all, a lot more about these teams, I pretty much put killing Lee in the final. I'm going to stick with that. Will they win it all? I don't know, but I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, yes, I think they are that good. I think, uh, uh, I think, you know, they could probably, you know, put they can push a lot of these teams around. Their offensive line is ridiculously good. Um, one team just to look out for, obviously, we mentioned a Massic. They traded the Saku twins for a pair of other twins. So uh, not much changing there. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see what the uh, the Panthers are all about in year two of the Christie era. Moving into Class M, another weird division, probably the the weirdest of the bunch. Uh, you have six SECs, four CCCs, three CTCs. Three ECCs, three Pequots, two NVLs, two SWCs, and four co-ops. Seven schools of choice, and from last year, five playoff teams. The one that sticks out here like a sore thumb is Notre Dame West Haven. You know, the Tarek Sala, the Pinta, the Pintas, the you name it. The the Nico Regani, Notre Dame West Haven. They're sitting here in, with the likes of a bunch of other SCC teams, but they're tier one. And then in this division is East Haven, Brantford, Law, and Lyman Hall. Did Notre Dame drop into SEC Tier 3, or should they? But <laughs> but look, if they have a ridiculous SEC Tier 1 schedule. They didn't weren't great last year. They have got Picota. They got Staten. They got uh, Derek Lewis's, uh, all-star Derek Lewis's son, uh, Christian I, I saw them against Ridgefield. They look very good, especially State and Boston Blues. But Notre Dame, Pete, if they can somehow, I think if they can somehow navigate five and five, might get them in with all the bonus points. Maybe six, I mean, six and four, certainly. Uh, if Notre Dame gets in here, Pete, it's lights out, right? Them or hand. I think uh, the same thing goes for hands as well. I think uh, both these are really good programs with two really good coaches who. They just got to get in, and and us selfishly need to hope that the two of them get in on opposite sides of the bracket. If they do get in, yeah. Oh, please, let's not have that. Quarter. That's another. Oh, jeez, quarterfinal round Notre Dame uh, at North Haven. I, you know, I just knowing their schedule, I don't think that'll happen. They'll probably be a seven eight seed or you know a six seven yeah. seed. Well, probably. that's gonna look great in M, where oh. you know Notre Dame's the seven seed, Hand is the eight seed, and. uh you know, that's probably going to be the championship matchup. So for all you hopefuls in the class M this year, and there are a few of you, um, 
you know, among them, East Line, maybe. Uh, New London's got some guys back. Uh, Rockville, you love them, your boys. Uh, they went to the state final last year. Malachi Map and and who's the Amir Knighton, the up and coming, was he a sophomore this year? Sophomore. Uh, you know, the good news is Brantford beat Notre Dame last year. So keep that in mind. It can be done, but I'm sure Lamone and Brantford's like, we got to beat this team like twice. Oh my goodness. I, I'm not allowed to pick Brantford and anymore. So yeah. <laughs> Pete, I say Notre Dame wins this hands down if they can get in. I I'm going to peg them for, let's just say seven and three. And it's gonna, there, and it's it's off the races for that. Game. You are it's, drinking the Green Knight Kool Aid. Yeah, they uh, they gotta stay disciplined. They kind of fell apart, a little infighting. It looked like last year, you know, when things didn't go their way. You know, Pike Coda got hurt in the West Haven game. You know, but if they can keep it together and they can play together, I think Notre Dame West Haven. Is, I don't think Hands got it this year. Hand, which by the way is all in M. They lost a hundred kids in enrollment over the last four years, which is a, a lot. Uh, year two of the Becker era, but I don't, you know, they need some skill guys. You know, Schweitzer's gone. I don't know if they stack up. Yeah. Hands an interesting thing. They, you know, they, they really had three really good players last year and Schweitzer, Flanagan and O'Brien. Obviously all three of them are gone. I think Mark, uh, Mike Fornabio did the math. 90% of their rushing yards gone. 83% of their receiving yards gone. Um, but there's still Daniel Hand, and I still think that they are going to compete. I still think we'll see them in the playoffs, um, but I, I kind of got to go with you with Notre Dame. I, I you know, I've been on the the Picota train since last year. Okay, yeah. so if anyone's uh, jumping on the Picota train, you need to get membership through me. Yeah, <laughs> it is lights out if they get in. So I mean, that's the unfor- again, that's the unfortunate thing with these divisions. Uh, does Notre Dame belong there? 507 uh, enrollment right now, which is right in the wheelhouse, but you know, they are a school of choice, quote unquote. So um, anyway, moving on to the S divisions, you know, basically it's class double S has got this reigning champion from last year, Cromwell, Portland, and then a bunch of the, uh, it's fellow Pequot school. So it's the Pequot division in double S and then S is basically the NVL, the small school or the NVL division with Ansonia and then also Bloomfield. But let's quickly look at double S. I saw Cromwell Portland in the preseason and Randall Bennett was uh, feeling kind of, he said he felt was kind of feeling the same way he did last year when he basically said, we're winning the state championship to you. And he said, I was feeling that way, but uh, his top running back, Alex Hare broke his leg uh, just a couple weeks or just a week or so into the preseason. And it was during some routine, you know, ridiculous uh, practice. And, uh, yeah, that's a tough, tough blow. He was, you know, there was a lot of things that Hare could do, and he was a, he was a great player. And so now they're going to have to rely on their quarterback and, uh, you know, a few other guys there, but they got plenty of athletes, you know, Mecca Yearwood. And, you know, I, I think they're going to be okay in this division, but they're certainly one of the stronger ones. You know, you take a look at Class S. What's the other one that sticks out just like Notre Dame, Pete? Joel Barlow. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking, but tell me about Barlow. <laughs> Uh, well, Barlow and Sheehan. Um, Sheehan is the one I was mentioning. <laughs> We've gone on ad nauseum about Sheehan, but tell me about Barlow, Pete. They got Danny Shabin, and no one else does. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes down to. the Shabin trade, man. I am all aboard the Danny Shabin train. Obviously, his brothers were great players at Barlow. Yeah. Jack, you know, was a first-team first team. All-stater for us in 2013. Um, 
he is so big. He's so quick. He runs that, you know, triple option offense uh, to a T. Uh, he's moving into the quarterback position of that offense this year. Um, yes, the triple option, but, the one that uh, that Rob Tynan put in there all those years ago, and now that uh, that TJ is running there, and uh, you know, I think it's a good spot for him. But uh, again, like you said, if he's, I mean, he's kind of built bigger than his than Jack was, especially. You know, um, they were both <laughs> bigger than Jack. Jack was kind of small, but still a first teamer, all stater. And uh, you know, Barlow's schedule's got a, it's got a tough schedule. Certainly, there's a lot uh, that you know. Barlow's got. Let's take a quick look. Barlow's got you no know, New London to start in Stratford. Notre Dame Fairfield was a playoff team last year. You know, Weathersfield, that's just a pretty big program. New Fairfield at S playoff and Newtown. You know, but I still agree with you, Peter. I still think that they, that they are they're in good spots. If shaman has got the team around him, man, we saw what he did against Massac last year in a losing cause. Uh, it, he was ridiculous. Uh, so they're a, certainly a team to watch. But, and then, you, but again, like I said before, the one that sticks out like a real sore thumb is Sheehan. Yeah. Because they're an SEC tier two school. What? They couldn't put him in the tier one? <laughs> they certainly got a schedule that... Uh, doesn't fit when you look at the rest of the teams in this division. They're all playing Pequot and then, you know, a little NVL, a little small CCC. And, uh, you know, Sheehan, meanwhile, you know, gets new Fairfield in the Alliance and S school. Then it's got a L's and double L's. Harding, Amity, Wilbert Cross, Hill House, which is kind of an M. You know, West Haven, a double L. Law, an M. Hand an M, but it's hand. And obviously Lyman Hall. Uh, Hamden was also in there. They're a double L. Um, and they've always had trouble with Hannah. Last year, you could argue that Sheehan missed out on the Class S playoffs, and they are the poster boys. They missed out on the Class S playoffs, not because they lost to New Fairfield by a point, but because they got routed by Hamden, a double L, and Hand, an L, last year. Yeah, it makes no sense. We've spoken at nauseum about this, and, and Sheehan is the poster boy for what is wrong with the state playoff system. Um, and the conference scheduling. Yeah, the whole thing. Uh, Sheen is the poster boy for what is wrong because it feels like Farazi and the Titans are being punished because he's built them into a good program. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, 100%. Well, good job. It's, like Shelton. it's the same thing with Shelton. Shelton's a good program. They just give him all the best games. Yeah, that's great. But like, is that a fair way to figure out who's the best team in the state? No, no. So I, you know, if Sheen could get in, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be very, very dangerous, but they have to get in. And that's going to be the hardest part. The regular season means a lot for them. You know, we talked about, you know, how much does a regular season really matter uh, when you look at these playoff divisions. For Sheehan, it's every game is important because you're playing double L's and L's where, uh, you know, a loss or two losses could put you on the outside looking in again. Um, another team that I've you know heard some pretty good things about is Wyndham. You know, all the way up there in the the ECC, they start the season off against uh, EO Smith. You know, they've got all, all their players back last uh, last year, and especially the a few of their athletes who won the state basketball championship. Uh, and then their quarterback I hear is pretty good. But again, like I said, you know, Barlow gets in there, and then you have Sheen in there. I, I'm looking at the rest. Maybe Plainville, which has been really good with Jason Che. Um, you know, Ledger lost a bit. Obviously, with Outlaw transferring, Granby Co-op, you know, another good team that's, like, right there. Uh, I, you know, Ellington, I, right now I think it's Cromwell and then maybe Barlow, Sheehan, and Wyndham right now in Class S. You got a winner here, Pete? 
Yeah, I'm going with Barlow. <laughs> really? I am. I'm going with Barlow. I think I don't if think Sheen ever won a state championship in football. I think if Sheen could get in, my pick is Sheen, but I think it's going to be really hard for them to get in. And I, as much as I would love them to get in, I, I, I it's going to be really, really hard. So I think Barlow is the safer pick for, you know, on September 7th um, to say that I think they'll get in and then I think they'll run all they'll run all the way to the championship. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I listen, I, nobody loves Barlow more than I do. I, I actually love covering them. You know, we have Brown way back in 2007 and, and then, then the Shabins this last uh, 12 And Barlow's ago. been on a little bit of a string of success in their program. Boys volleyball won a state title in the spring. Baseball team won a state title in the spring. Maybe there's good fortune heading to Reading. Yeah, well, certainly. And then, Also you know, meatloaf. So, you know. Oh, meatloaf. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the real, you said safe. This is even safer. I'm going to cram Portland. No, I mean, I think they overcome the hair thing, uh, the, uh, the hair injury. Uh, yeah, you know, Teddy Ballgame's not along anymore, but uh, neither is Owen Brunk, but uh, there's plenty of guys back. And, uh, you know, the quarterback, whose name will lose me all of a sudden. Cole Brisson. Cole Brisson, jeez. Uh, we love Cole Brisson. He's a friend of the program, talking to us during the state championship on the sidelines. Cole, sorry about that. Anyway, Cole looks very good. Uh, you know, Yearwood, uh, the gang looks good there. I'm going to go with uh, Cromwell Portland. Uh, I think I think Randall's just on a roll here. Um, he's just kind of, you know, everything he touches, he's kind of like, uh, Chad Neal, everything he touches is gold right now. Uh, in class S, you know, basically you know, look at the top two teams listed in class S just the top two by alphabetical order. And it basically tells you everything you need to know about class S and Sonia Bloomfield, dumb, dumb, that's it. And the rest of it is who can knock any of those teams off. Anyone in the NVL who is in here, Seymour, Holy Cross, uh, uh, Woodland, you name it. Can these teams knock off Ansonia? No one's done it but Naugatuck in the last 12 years. Um, I don't know. I, I And I saw Ansonia, like I said, Cassetti, Zubina, Kaminsky, uh, Romanowski brothers. The youngest brother is going to start as a freshman uh, on the line. The first time that's ever happened in Ansonia history, Brockett says... I love the Chargers, man. Bloomfield, they they uh, they lost they lost a few guys to transfer. Always have athletes, but right now, looking at this whole list, I don't see anybody beating Ansonia. I don't see anyone beating Ansonia or Bloomfield. That's why I'm going to take my time in class S to talk about Notre Dame Fairfield. Hmm. I think the Lancers are a really good team that we need to keep our eye on. Um, they gave Cromwell Portland their best game in the class S playoffs last year with less than 20 guys dressed. Now they got over 50, close to 60 guys on the roster this year. Petaway's back. He's taken over at running back. I think they are prime. You know, Johnson has done such a great job there since coming over from Bullard Havens. He's now yeah. the athletic director. One of his first, you know, decisions as athletic director was get them to play home games at Sacred Heart right next door. So they're going from that grass field at Notre Dame Fairfield where selfishly I'm a little upset because I live right I down the block place. from there. Yeah. I live right down the block from there. And it was always great to start my Saturdays there. Cause they always had like 11 o'clock games. So I could go for a quarter, two quarters and then bounce. Now they're going to be playing Friday nights at campus field at sacred heart, which I think is great for the program. Me not thrilled, understandably so, but I think Notre Dame Fairfield is a team that really going to have to watch because they gave Cromwell Portland a real run 
in that in that first round. And then Carmel Portland decimated Ansonia and decimated Bloomfield to win uh, state titles. So I, I like Notre Dame Fairfield. I think they're that number three team in class S in the preseason. And maybe by the end of the year, they could knock one of them off. I think it's possible. Maybe people, I'm going to talk quickly about North Brantford, which returns 11 starters on offense and 11 starters on defense. Um, and uh, looks like a team, kind of a dark horse team here. I don't know if they, okay, I don't see anyone beating it. Sonia. Um, but you know, in the Pequot, North Brantford doesn't have to play uh, Cromwell Portland here, but, uh, you know, they have got a pretty good team. Dom Langello, Tyler Sarenson, Lucian DePino, Mason Provencher, at quarterback, and Tommy Hansen, a guy that uh, coach Mark Basil said is a stud. 5'10", 185, started as a freshman. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it looks like North Brand, he thinks like they're going to be a contention there. Maybe even with Cromwell Portland, which crushed them last year. I was at that game uh, for the Pequot Sasakis. Uh, division title, but keep an eye on North Brantford. Certainly one to watch, especially last year, three and six kind of got knocked around. Now it's payback. Um, you know, another team quickly just to look out for. And, and again, Ansonia rules this league, but you know, Holy Cross, I Holy Cross is one of those teams. You're always looking for Holy Cross school of choice, you know, Catholic to, to do something maybe more than they're, they're capable of doing. They're not capable that maybe start over. You're always waiting for Holy Cross to, you know, maybe knock off and so on. They always look big. They always look impressive. But uh, Holy Cross, they got Thomas Legey back and a bunch of guys there. Uh, you know, Cowett is the quarterback. Uh, his dad used to coach at Avon. You know, that's an interesting team to keep an eye on there, Holy Cross. But when you look at the rest of the division, uh, I, uh, hmm, uh, no, I don't see anybody, you know, uh, on Ansonia, even Bloomfield's class right now. Maybe maybe North Brantford and maybe your boys at, well, Oh wait, I forgot about new, new, new Fairfield Pete. What do they got? Oh no. They got McCormick back at quarterback, Justin McCormick. Yeah. Uh, good player. Um, they, uh, new Fairfield's good. I, I, we kind of did forget about them. Apologies, coach Schwartz. <laughs> uh, my bad. Over uh, yeah. And they got a big opener. So they got uh Sheen in the first game and it's going to be a big game for both of them. Yeah. Uh, I think new Fairfield will definitely be in the mix, um, but we'll see. We'll see. The SWC is the SWC is not, is not easy. The SWC looks really good this year. Too bad. We don't have league champions anymore. Nobody cares. <laughs> we don't, nobody can. I mean, the only thing, I mean, I'm glad the SEC went back to tier scheduling where they play everybody in their tiers. Enough of this, you know, playing five games in your tier, you know, and there's no, that really made it irrelevant. Now at least you can hang a banner, I guess, but, Anyway, so those are your division. Pete, do you, you pick a champion here? What do you like? S. In S, uh, I, I feel boring doing this, but it's not boring because it's actually been a while since they've won one. Well, for them, it's been a while, but I think it's Ansonia. Yeah, I, I think all the all the rumblings, all the rumblings coming out of there is they're back, um, and usually you trust those. So I'm going with Ansonia. Yeah, no, I, I think they're. Uh... They're certainly uh, the men there. They're they look great against Shelton, you know. They really did. And then it's like last year, they looked terrible against Shelton, and you know they still won nine games up until uh, Nagatuck. But uh, they did get smoked. They're coming off their worst, well, the worst loss of the Brockett era, and they're certainly going to want to turn things around. There, a lot of people are. The town's kind of exciting. 
about this group. So that's it. Those are your six classes. <laughs> like I said, you know, it, it, you're going to kind of have to look at these as bowl games. There are, I don't know, Pete, if there are 48 teams that are worthy of state playoff first. Let's be honest. Um, you know, but- I think, but I think we'll see. I think, you know, we'll, we'll see how the season goes. And I think some divisions will look really awesome and some divisions will be shaking oh, yeah, our head at. So, you know, we got, I think we got to, you know, see where this takes us, uh, before, um, you know, we can, we can, uh, we can, you know, uh, put our, put our banner up of being correct. <laughs> we will be putting our banner up of being correct, but like, I mean, look, last last thought on it um we don't need six divisions we're we have 140 teams in the state six divisions you have 23 teams each it's like why don't we make these into leagues win your league or when you know have a couple divisions in the league win your league then go to the playoffs you know then we can fit it into thanksgiving four teams each maybe but at least you're playing the teams in your division maybe you play a little out so that's what i like to see but i don't run the state uh too bad because i'd love to do that in fact down the road, we're going to have to maybe see if we can do that, figure that out. But uh, but that's it. Those are your class divisions. Look, I'm looking at it as bowl games, and, uh, you know, it should be interesting. I, I think it'll be interesting to see a lot of different games in the postseason. Unfortunately, there are going to be so many on that Tuesday following Thanksgiving that, you know, we can't possibly cover them all. So, uh, but Send in your box scores. Yeah, send in your box scores. Please. <laughs> that's a call out just in general, send in your box scores. Local sports at Hearst. Connecticut media or her CT media. Hearst media CT. Shoot. Send in your box scores to hearstmediact.com. And, uh, and then just to wrap up, Pete, we're going to have our pick show coming out uh, right around the same time as this. Look for that. We got a new format this year. Well, what, what can everyone look forward to on the pick segment? So the picks this year, obviously we're going to do 10 games like we did last year, uh, but we're going to bring a rotating uh, third chair to join Sean and I starting in week two. Get, uh, you know, our listeners, uh, you know, get them to know some of our reporters on staff, uh, you know, kind of, hey, if Mike Fornabio goes 10 and 0, well, we want to know what his secret is. Why am I always coming in last place? Was- so or we'll get Joe Morelli on to talk about how he comes in last place. Yeah. Now we're going to um, make these guys talk about what they know. Yeah. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to do that starting uh in week two because we have all the previews and stuff preseason stuff that we're finishing up so uh and for other sports as well so that should be the pick'em show this fall so uh everyone look out for that and uh we're gonna wrap this thing up there's so many things to do we are it's football season starts tomorrow or if you're listening to this on thursday it starts now and uh we're all very excited get out to support your local teams and uh be sure to stick with us here at game time ct We got everything you need to know. We got Jacob's column. We got Jacob's stories. We got Mike Fornabile and Pete and running around. And we got videos and highlights and just a lot of great stuff. We're happy to be back for another season. And uh, I'm excited. So for Pete Quagga, I am Sean Patrick Bowley. This has been the Meat Grinder on Game Time CT. Love you all.